Welcome to Two Feet in the Podcast, where ideas and inspiration meet to produce action. Today, we are breaking down ideas and giving you a strong dose of motivation. Get up and get moving on your dreams with me. I'm the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm ready to coach you and how to live two feet in. If you're looking for a career, not just a job, we're now hiring CDL Class A drivers at DMX Transportation in Duncan, South Carolina. Apply online at www.shipdmx.com. Joining Two Feet in the Podcast today is Coach Missy Bilderback, currently the Jones County Community College head women's basketball coach, a 15-year high school, successful high school basketball coach in the state of Mississippi. Uh, at Jones, going to the national tournament four consecutive times, a mom, a coach, and a friend. What's up, Coach Bilderback? Hey, Coach Macy. Thank you for having me on. Listen, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to jump right into the three R's, the rapid reflection redistribution question, the what, the who, and the how, an interesting fact or fiction, maybe even a traumatic experience. Coach, are you ready? I guess so. All right. What are you drinking these days? Uh, Coach, I'm probably drinking mostly water. I've really tried to do a good I'll sneak in some uh, sweet tea every now and then, you know, being down here in Mississippi, but but uh, mostly water right now. And who are you Zooming with? Anyone that's added value to your life? You know, we've had some fun Zooms. That's been something we've gotten, you know, had to had to kind of adjust and get used to. Um, my family Zooms are interesting. They're funny. My nieces and nephews think it's pretty cool. They've seen me do it, and they try to, they try to hit me up with that. But Zooms with different coaches have been fun, just getting to connect with people. But honestly, probably my favorite is, like, when my kids, like, just even the little FaceTime, just, you know, we do a lot of FaceTime just individually with our kids or, you know, our players. And so those FaceTime calls, they just they light your uh, day up, make, make your day great. And how are you staying motivated? Um, well, right now, coach, you know, it's JUCO peak recruiting, so it's not hard. You know, I want to continue to, we want to continue to, you know, have some success down here at Jones. And so right now, I mean, just, just the want to be good next year and put together a good um, group and a team. I mean, it's peak recruiting for us. So, so that's not been tough at all. What interesting things do you have happening? Um, well, probably, you know, one thing about this whole pandemic and all is that we've had, I've had a chance to um, do some things that maybe I haven't done in a long time. Like, you know, I, I used to play a ton of tennis. Like I used to, you know, do a lot of hiking and, you know, biking and those kind of things. And so we've really had a good time, you know, getting outdoors and having a chance to do those things again that I've just kind of stayed so busy. I've put a lot of that off. So that's been kind of kind of fun and interesting for us as a family to do and the toughest thing that you've ever battled Ooh, um probably honestly just I'd have to say just health issues with my family I've had some fam my, some of my family members have had some pretty you know tough health issues and it's just really required you to really depend on your faith and you know really puts things in perspective at times as far as what's really important that's been Coach Missy Bilderback with the three R's. All right, Coach, we've uh, we you talked a little bit about the tennis and the hiking and the biking. Yeah. Why is it that as college coaches, we all of a sudden don't have any hobbies, or we all of a sudden the things like those simple things that we enjoy doing 
we don't do them. I know, I know. And that's one thing that I hope, you know, when things get back to somewhat normal, I, I told my husband the other day, we've got to really make time to do, like, we've had the most fun doing those things. And I just think we get so consumed. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, Coach Macy, like, we get so consumed with, uh, you know, what we've got going and that we don't, all of a sudden, we're, we don't have time for anything, you know, to take care of ourselves, you know, Um we're always taking care of other people and, and trying to, uh, you know, outwork people and, and get the, the next advantage or leg up, you know, on things as far as, you know, our jobs. But, uh, but that's definitely something I'm going to make a priority to do a better job. We've just had the best time as a family and just being able to do those, those type things together. Well, I would challenge all the, and not just coaches, I think in, in a lot of different industries, we, we do that is that we feel we, we treat ourselves as like we, we have to punish ourselves. Well, to be able to get to go on a bike ride, we first have to eat all our dinner. You know, that's what we learned as kids is you can't go do something fun until you do something hard. And I, I would challenge everybody to rethink um, the rules that you've placed in your life. Because what I have found is if I stop midday and I go and I take, let's say I take my dog to the park and we right. go play midday. When I come back home, I'm rejuvenated, and honestly, I'm probably a better, I'm producing better work after I've taken some time to do all that. So I would get everybody to challenge the thinking and, and habits that you've created because we've all been at home. Uh, would you not think and go through it because you've got your son, you've got your husband, you've got, you're pulled in a lot of different directions. Let's talk about that. How do you balance all those things as a coach? And give us techniques and things you've learned during this time being at home that you can apply to probably, I mean, you're already a very successful coach, but maybe even to be a better coach. Yeah, I think that's one thing I'm going to really try to focus on is just, I think the better we are as individuals, the more time, you know, we put into our growth, you know, just as an individual um, and to our families, you know, the better we're going to be for other people when we're not good ourselves it's hard to be great for other people you know and to be the leaders that we need to be and so although we always try you know I'm a person of faith so I'm you know I definitely always try to spend my time in my reading and my bible and those things but at the end of the day like my health is something that you know used to you know I would just make that time to go work out and go run or 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 you know I love biking like I said I love getting out and exploring nature and uh, we went to a place the other day in uh, Columbia, Mississippi called Red Bluff. It's a natural canyon and you can hike through it. They've got trails and we took my son there and it was just the best day. But but anyway, just making a priority to to take care of yourself and your family and and not letting the busyness, you know, consume you. And I think we'll all be better, you know, for the people that we lead when we when we're uh, our best self first. Yeah, so you and I are similar in our ages, and I, I would be curious to ask you, at what point did you start walking off the practice court and your knees and your hips and everything started feeling like, oh, how did I get so tired? Or if you, <laughs> like for me, I would demo some defensive stuff, and I would pay for it the next day. Yeah. Have you had any of those things happening? Absolutely. I mean, even the other day when we played some tennis, uh, you know, they were laughing at me, like it really took me a long time to get over there and get that ball at the net, you know, where it used to, I could do that. But, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you just, 
your body's wear down that that's part of getting older but obviously the the more you take care of yourself the the better you're going to feel and and just the better you're going to be yeah I think for, for as coaches we're a really bad profession for telling everybody else how to take care of themselves and then put ourselves last and it, it was only a few years ago that I realized that I didn't start taking better care of myself, that it was going to end my career early because right. I wasn't able to physically do the things that I think it, that coaching is such an active profession right. and you've got to, you've got to be at your best. Okay, coach, I know we've gone on and on about that. Let's get yeah. into some, some of these other uh, pieces and feel free to go back to it if you want to, okay. but tell us something you're passionate about. And if, if this two feet in the podcast is your platform that you'd like to educate the world on what would that topic or that experience be? Well, I mean, honestly, coach, I think most of us that are in coaching for the right reasons are passionate about people and passionate about making a difference, you know, in someone's life. I mean, that's why, heck, if we do all this work and spend all this time and we're, it's only about wins and losses and it's kind of a little bit of a shallow job, right? So, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, that's probably the thing for me. Like, I do love the game of basketball a lot, but at the end of the day, I love the interaction and the relationships with, you know, that's what I love about coaching is I really get to spend that time with a student athlete and, and get to be a small part of their journey, you know. And so that that's probably the biggest thing. You know, I think there are different coaches. You know, I've read, you know, like uh, Josh Medcalf, his book on uh, – transformational and transactional, you know, coaches will, you know, you've got, you know, people that really try to invest in coaches that really try to invest in people and some that are, you know, um, you know, more consumed by the X and O part and the competition part of it. And, and, and for me, you know, what I enjoy most and what I hope my career, when it's all said and done, I just hope that, uh, you know, I'm look back on somebody that really, you know, did it for the kids and, and tried to do it the right way, you know, from that angle. So you are definitely in a relationship first coach. If there's young coaches out there listening, did you formulate that philosophy early in your career? Is that just uh, naturally where you gravitate to? Or, or did you have to learn that lesson from or, or with a certain situation? No, absolutely. I think that's just naturally kind of what I've always enjoyed most about coaching you know like just for me personally you know I just I mean I love games and I love competition and obviously I love practice and the game of basketball but what really made me feel as a coach like I was doing something important would be the the opportunity I felt like to help others and invest in others and and just the the reward of seeing them grow and reach their goals as student athletes and so that's just kind of what, you know, we all, you know, we all give, give, give. And in the way sometimes when we, when we pour ourselves into things, the way we're rewarded is different. You know, some feel that reward from a championship. Some feel that reward from other things. For me, I just always felt like, man, what I'm doing is important because of being able to see others succeed or feel like I had maybe just a small part in helping them. And so, you know, I think just for me personally, that's just what I enjoy, whether I was coaching basketball or doing something different, you know, it wouldn't matter to me as much as long as I'm involved with young people. And I feel like I'm having an opportunity to impact people at some level. So you talked about basketball as just kind of your avenue for impacting. Do you think that as coaches, our skill set transfers into different industry 
And have you seen coaches transition successfully out of it? And if not, or give us examples or why you think coaches don't get out of coaching uh, because they don't think their skill set transfers. And talk about that from a fear perspective when we know we could do other things with the, the skill set of a coach. Yeah. Oh, I think absolutely. You know, coaches, a lot of people, I mean, um, you know, I'll, I'll use you as a quick example. You know, that, that year you were, you know, out of coaching. You just – you had an impact on me as a mentor, you know, and so you, you invested in me um, when you had that time away and, and you've always invested in others. That's something you do, but, but that had an impact on me and, and what I was going through at the time, you know, so there are always different ways just by investing in people. Um, another great example is the vice president here at my college at Jones college was the softball field at Jones is named after her, Miss Gwen McGee. Uh, she's the student, you know, affairs vice president. She has an impact every day on these students and student athletes um, by just, that's her passion, you know, is people. And so she's got an opportunity to impact. So I don't think it necessarily has to be uh, through basketball or coaching. Now we get the best of both worlds. We get to be around a game we love and that we're passionate about and we enjoy the competition and we get to impact, you know, um, young student athletes, but so we get the best of both, but I definitely think you can do that in other ways and different avenues. So you're a really successful high school coach transition to the college level. A lot of people want to do that, make that jump. Tell us things that you've learned during that transition. And then I want you to add another layer to it is doing that with a young kid at the time, right? Drew's kind of grown up uh, around the sport. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing with Drew, you know, and just making that transition was the time, you know, I I think you don't realize how much more time just the recruiting. Um, And then when you throw in junior college basketball, the thing that's so interesting is not only do you have to recruit kids into your program, you're also navigating that recruitment out, you know, and so um, where they're going on to a four year. So that time that I would spend on my phone, you know, changed so much from going from the high school level where I'm coaching my kids, developing my kids that are here, sending them home. And then the time also spent outside of practice, like, you know, these kids at the junior college level, level, you're with these kids all the time and, um, you have an opportunity, but on the flip side, Drew's enjoyed being a coach's kid as much as anything. I mean, he, he would be devastated if uh, Chip and I were not in coaching. He just loves – he loves the girls. He loves the Chip's guys. He loves getting to be a part of it. Um, you know, those those kids are family to him. And so he he thoroughly enjoys that. And getting – he's my – you know, he sits on the bench with me, and he's my hype guy. He enjoys that experience of getting to be a coach's kid. But But, yeah, absolutely, it was definitely a transition from a standpoint of always worked really hard, always spent a lot of time, you know, preparing and obviously, you know, trying to learn and grow as a coach, but just the time on the phone and recruiting, the time away and recruiting, and then also the time on the phone just trying to help promote our kids out, you know, was different. So what's the balance? Is the key having the family support system in your community? Is it the key who you marry Help, help us understand the, the – because from the outside looking in, you've got a nice rhythm and a nice balance of right. how to be a mom and a coach. Yeah, absolutely. I think for sure keeping that, you know, your priorities and that my family 
no matter what our career goals are, no matter what we're, you know, we may want individually or selfishly, we always put the family first at the forefront of like our decision-making and just the things that, you know, the hard decisions, you know, to make sure that we're all, I couldn't do this without chip support and drew support. I would always feel torn. This allows me to coach and work as hard as I want to work and spend the time, you know, investing in these kids and other people and never feeling guilty. You know, I don't feel like I'm not being there for Drew or not being a good mom or, or that Chip resents me or feels some type of way, you know, it's, we're all a team. Right. And so I think that's been the biggest thing for me is in, in my family is just, we've really tried to, you know, make sure that our decision-making and the time we spend, um, you know, and what we choose to do that we're all on the same page and, and we, uh, we make, you know, we make the decisions that's best for the family, not necessarily, you know, just me or just Chip, you know. All right. Give us your best advice to inspire. So we've got all kinds of listeners on the podcast. Okay. So we've got coaches and we've got moms and we've got CEOs. So give us coach your best advice to inspire. Well, I've always heard coach and I've always thought like, I feel like this is so true. Like your, your things that, what are you motivated by? You know, and the things that I always feel like people are most motivated by are really kind of three things. They're motivated by money. They're motivated by fear or they're motivated by love. You know, like those are three things to me that like, if you really look at just society and people in general, whether in athletics or other avenues or other careers, that's, that's what people are motivated by. And so, you know, I always think, you know, particularly in um, the business world or the uh, sports world or any type of leadership position you're in, you know, you're going to try to motivate that way. But but I think motivating by love, you know, is something that has been successful, you know, for me as a coach. And, and I have been motivated that way by other people. And I know that people are invested in me and they care and they truly love me. I'm going to be inspired to do my very best and I'm going to be inspired to not let them down and to not disappoint. And, and I feel, you know, that's the way we approach things here. But, but so I think to inspire people, you know, you've got to, you've got to know people and you've got to love people. And, and that to me brings out the best in those that you're leading. All right. I love that coach. So you, you're a motivator and we know that motivation get you fired up to go do something. But sometimes between getting fired up and actually going to do it, there's a gap. Walk us through in your, what your philosophy and your expectation is to take people from a state of motivation into a state of producing action. And that's, that's such a tough question, Coach Macy. That's a, um, man, if I, if I had the answer to that all the time, I would be making a lot of money from a standpoint of leadership and things. But I mean, my belief has always been that, um, you know, again, going back to how what inspires people and, you know, being able to, you know, we can all give the best speeches and we can all tell the best stories and do those things. And those things are great. And they do refocus people and motivate people. But how do you get them to do that on a daily basis? And how do you get the best out of them daily? And I think a lot of it is just the relationship going back to what I've said before, but like one-on-one relationships, you know, I find that when I meet with my team as a whole, and then as I meet with them individually, you can see their motivation and the production change as I spend more time with the kids individually, you know, 
and I really get to know them and get to know what they're wanting and get to know what, you know, giving them an opportunity to communicate back and, um, and trying to know their why or know why they're doing this, you know? Um, and so, you know, I just think that individual connection and making sure we don't leave that part of it out, but that seems to, you know, propel people into action for me anyway, maybe more than, um, just general team meetings and, you know, addressing things as a group. I think the more we do one-on-one, especially now with these, you know, this group of, you know, um, kids that we're dealing with, with just everything is so different with technology and social media and, you know, just keeping their attention so difficult already. And so, but anyway, I think just those individual relationships are, are key. So you've inspired your team, you've got them um, accountable and they, and you're holding them accountable. What about a staff or what about when you have, you're the leader of of a basketball team or you're a leader of a company. How do you help those adults, right? Hold them accountable so that accountability isn't a dirty word. Cause I think too many times it looks at when we say, Hey, we are holding someone accountable. It's like, you're punishing them. Right. But if you reframe it and say it more like, Hey, that's my accountability partner. That's the reason I got up and, and, and did my workout this morning. Um, tell me what your experience has been and share with us a little bit about how do you do the same um, in a, in a work or an office environment? Right. Right. Well, I think, you know, obviously in an ideal world, it's key to have people around you that have the same mission and the same goals, you know, and that's going to solve a lot of those issues on the front end there. But, you know, I think just, um, I think communication is always a big part of it. Just making sure that, you know, we do a great job of communicating expectations and um, making sure that, you know, they, that we're all on the same page as far as how we um, present to others that we're all united, you know, because at the end of the day, a lot of those issues of with staff and people that work for you and those kind of things come down to, you know, when you don't have the same goal or, you know, when you're not on the same page, you know, when you're working together. And so I just think being real clear with expectations and making sure that, you know, you, you do a great job on the front end of hiring the right people that fit your mission and that have the same values and goals and that are in, you know, whatever business you're in, they're in it for the same reasons you are um, from a leadership standpoint, from a standpoint like in sports, you know, in our situation in athletics, they're in it to help kids grow and to help kids have opportunity and to invest in people, not necessarily, you know, um, other things. So. Okay. Coach, that's, that's amazing. Okay. I, I hate that the podcast is coming to an end, but we want you to send our listeners away here with, by giving us the strongest dose of motivation all the way from Mississippi <laughs> coach builder back strong dose of motivation. Oh no. I just think, you know, everything's not always going to be perfect. You know, everything's not going to always be smooth sailing that, you know, if you just always do your best where you are, you treat people with love and kindness, you know, you do it for the right reasons. Success is going to eventually follow, you know, there's going to be good times and bad in anything you do, but if you stay the course, you do it for the right reasons. You treat people right. It's, it's going to happen. Success is going to follow. Thanks to our guest and friend, Coach Missy Bilderback, for being two feet in, reminding us that when we motivate by love, 
then we will inspire others to do their best. Keep people around you with the same mission and goals. Visit the show notes to learn more about Coach and to reach her directly. That's been Coach Missy Builderback on Two Feet in the Podcast. Come wine with us at the Wine House on Haywood Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Happy hour, Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 6.30 p.m. 475 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina. A big thank you to all of our guests for breaking down ideas, giving a strong dose of motivation, and helping us learn to live two feet in. Welcome the Carolina Upstate Thunder women's professional basketball team to the Upstate of South Carolina. Tryouts are on December 5th, beginning at 1 p.m. at Legacy Practice Facility. There is a $50 fee. For more information, call 864-787-5056.